What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Canby Christian Church Podcast. This is an on-Sunday episode. Those are the episodes where the leaders of the church get together in a dank basement and talk about what happened on Sunday, even though it's a Monday. So it's not on Monday. It's on Sunday. I'm Cody. I'm Aaron. I'm Rob. Nathan. Nice. Nathan, how was your week? Anything revolutionary happened to you? I mean, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I just remember it being like long days, but the week went flew by. I mean Those are good weeks. Yeah, it was good. Youth was fun, life groups. I was with um Mike and Sean's group, so that was great. And then Amazon mm-hmm. was a weird day. Ooh, yeah. Because it's cool supposed Amazon to be the busy yet? season, but I finished like three hours early. And it's kind of conflicting because it's like, you know, I have this job to make money, but I also want to be home. Yeah. So yeah. that was weird. Wait, so you didn't milk the clock? You didn't I mean, like we go did. drive so slowly? It was just, we did. We Dude, did. you're not supposed to say <laughs> that out loud. Jeez, don't, don't, we don't. like could have gone really hard, but we were just going normal pace. And oh, there you go. So you're okay. playing it safe. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, we're in like the... Malala again, Oregon City area. I don't okay, even know okay. what's. I don't know how those connect. You're still with like a tandem, like a partner. That's. I wasn't the last time, but this time I was. I was like, "What? What happened, man? Did I like do really bad?" He's like, you "Oh no, 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 We just can, had too many people. Can well, you, now you're too efficient. I don't. Can you explain <laughs> something to me? Shoot. I don't know. Oh, if I have you some can. advice, but what is the? Why do people just in their regular cars deliver packages now? Do you know anything about that? It's called Amazon Flex, and okay. it's just people who can come for a few hours, deliver a few packages, very flexible hours, mm. so you can use uh, your own car. But it's funny because as we finished early, we we're driving out of the warehouse, and there's like nine to eight, nine to twelve cars there, and they all had the boxes to stuff their cars with and there's this one guy who had a car that was completely like the passenger side was like full of boxes to where you couldn't even see out of that side of the window and i was like how is this safe or legal but whatever that's what so yeah a a guy pulled up a guy and a girl like uh i don't know if they're a couple but it happened to be a guy and a girl the girl was driving the guy was getting out and like delivering them they were together in their just regular car they pulled up to my house and i i was in the driveway messing with the christmas tree that we just bought (laughs) And, uh, and I was like, oh, cool package, you know? So I walk over just to get it from him and he gets out and he's just digging through the back of his car (laughs) for like five minutes. Like I was just standing at his car, like this is awkward. And he like dropped a package in the, like it fell out of his car and landed in the street. And he was like, that one's not yours. (laughs) I kept digging for more. I was like, this is so awkward and weird. But he was just like in a random car with like I'm assuming his friend or his wife or girlfriend or whatever like driving and it just seemed so odd to me. That's funny. It's weird. Yeah, that is weird. I want to request like, can I get an, <laughs> an Amazon branded vehicle to <laughs> deliver my packages? They should have that only option. only flex delivers. Do you have to wear like a uniform? Yeah, I have like a polo and okay. like a branded a vest. Oh yeah, it's that. Blue Amazon color mm. with the black and the white mm. or whatever. And the arrow. Yes, that's on yeah. it. Wild. And they have tons of different, like, they have the thin vest, the thick vest, the athletic polo, the normal thick polo, and then oh. they have all these other things. You got all of I them? I wanted the cap. 
But they said, you got to work here for 30 days before we can get you the cap. I was no. like, what about, what about the jacket? And they're like, 90 days. I was like, by then the winter's over. 90 <laughs> In three months, you can have a jacket and it's like spring. But they, I can wear my normal jacket, but I have to throw on something over it. Uh, that's but awesome. I wanted their jacket. Yeah. This is so funny. That's the best. Rob, how about you? How was your week? Uh, my week was cool. Um, nothing crazy. I'm working on my laundry room. I uh, I got so I had I got rid of my separate washer dryer and I went for a stackable because it was on a Black Friday deal. This was a few weeks back. But my laundry room is so small; it's like a, a closet size. I don't know if you've seen in my house, but so, anyways, now that it's stackable, I have a space. But I'm. I'm building a shelf next to it and it's proving to be more tricky than I realized. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> this is, this is the stuff you do when you're a homeowner. Um, <laughs> thankfully my, my neighbor next door is like, a he's like a designer. A I gotta designer. meet this dude. Rob is always talking about I'm this talking neighbor. About this, yeah. Dude. And it, we it's always, have him on the podcast. This is how the, the rhythm goes. <clears throat> I was doing this thing. It got weird, but then my neighbor, <laughs> <laughs> dude comes over with this this problem solver man dude he i gotta meet me this out. guy he's got like a full shop that's the thing he's got like all of the tools you need to like woodwork stuff yeah yeah he even has a, a um a joiner you know what that is there's like oh i know what a joiner there's two is, yeah. sides and so anyways and he has like all these tools and so there's no way i can do anything because i my tools are like walmart specials yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got nothing that's gonna help me well not your average guy has a joiner in that's his shop true. <laughs> that's true <laughs> he's like yeah and he uh anyways you so know you're the real me. deal and you got a joiner in your shop yeah and he, he was out there and so i was like uh hey could you help me with this and so we spent a few hours on trying to do that saturday yeah nice and i'm st still one more thing i got to get done on it but that's funny Very anyways cool. that was the highlight nice <sighs> working on cool. my laundry room Very aaron exciting. did did anything cool happen to you? No, did you Did you accomplish anything mm. you've been like Aaron trying to accomplish oh, for a man. while? Life, or? life goal, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna make a cheesy connection here too. <laughs> oh, I'm excited! Wait, is this gonna be the transition? I preached a sermon. I wanted, Jesus wait, maybe, provides. I wanted to make it. <laughs> I Are wanted you, to use that. Were you gonna do it? I wanted to use Rob's story as the as the transition, but that's okay. The the uh, washer dryer one. <laughs> yeah, well, just like no, just like. You know, the the little that Rob brings to the table, right. his neighbor can use. Oh, <laughs> he has to multiply it. He will, out, you know, outside of connection with his neighbor, he can accomplish nothing. But That's the true. but what little he brings to the table. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what about what, your story? What was provided for you? you no, know, I I uh, finally accomplished a goal and uh, killed a deer yesterday after <clears> church. Went. Uh, went hunting, sat in a tree stand, which I've been doing for days and days <laughs> for the last two and a half weeks, basically. And, uh, finally it happened, nice. but hunting is a weird thing. Like I have hunted so many years and really like never been successful. You've done something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we've, yeah, <laughs> but what, you've killed small game birds. No, like uh I feel like you had a, a deer or elk or something at some point. My brother killed an elk. Oh, so you're hunting group. Yeah, yeah. But not yeah. you personally. But not me personally. Like rifle hunting. So then I get so then I make it harder on myself and I get into archery hunting the last couple of years. 
and why. I have no idea why other than just like, I'm not successful in the one, you know, why do I got to <laughs> step up and do it this other way? But <clears throat> I thought, well, maybe I just need to do this differently. So anyway, it's a, it's an enjoyable experience, but a lot of it, anybody who does it would say like just being out there and the process of it is, um, the silence, the solitude being in nature is just like the best part about it. But yet last night it happened. So, uh, I, I feel very accomplished. Hunting season is over mm. and I'm not going into depression <laughs> with the season over. The best part wasn't gutting the animal just all over the ground. I mean, that's that's <laughs> never the, the fun part, but it's the essential part. But my dad, who lives oh. down in Salem, he uh, he has all the equipment, like the meat processor Joiner. to make like hamburger. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> what your neighbor is, my dad is on the meat, on the meat processing He's side. He's got a meat joiner. Yeah. <laughs> so my, I, I bring the whole deer down there and, uh, we quarter it up and just go through the process for like a couple of hours and, and then he's basically going to spend the next day or so just processing the thing. So anyway, I'm thankful that I don't have to do all that. Um, but I'm thankful that my dad is going to, and then give me fresh packages to throw into my freezer. Awesome. Um, but anyway, that we was have freezers cool too. Yeah. You do? Yeah. What's in them? <laughs> Hopefully some deer soon. Of course our venison. Maybe Let's I go. can, maybe I'll have a couple of fishes and loaves that I can share <laughs> around. That's a transition, Cody. There you go. That's a good one. Anyway. But Cody's still got to talk abundance. about his week. Yeah, Cody, how was your week? No, oh, my week was good. He got all emo with it. Did you put eyeliner on? That's Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> did you did you put any of the deer's blood on your face? Aren't you supposed oh, to paint? that's right. Aren't you supposed to paint your face with the blood like of your did first Did you pray kill? over the deer? Uh, no. You might. Did I pray over yeah. the deer? I, I definitely thank the Lord for the deer. Nice. <laughs> for sure. That's awesome. And ate some of it as well. I thought you were <laughs> that thing. You're supposed to paint your face with the blood of your first kill. I've literally never heard that. <laughs> I I have heard that. Do we have to take a bite of the liver? You, or something? Bite, you bite the raw liver right on the oh, spot. Oh, really? But did I, you? Did, I did not do that either. <laughs> Boo. Oh, dude. Well, you know, you no might one's never, there. You might Are never you get sure another deer. Your first kill? <laughs> no one's there pressuring you to do it, you know? So it's just, me by, just me by myself. <laughs> I'm like... No one's looking, but I guess I should do this. You didn't have any weird traditions for yourself. <laughs> no. You literally could have said you did it. None of us would know. Yeah. Well, I'd be a liar. And then <laughs> secondly, I have no traditions, but I've never killed anything really. So yeah. this was the first time I just, you know, anyway. Yeah. That's funny. But Cody, eyeliner. Go. Back to my eyeliner I question. didn't wear any eyeliner, I, but I did go to uh, definitely an emo concert throwback uh 20 year anniversary of a band i listened to in high school That's <laughs> which funny. was pretty awesome i haven't been i was saying i need to like there was this uh place in portland i think it's closed now called the meow meow theater and it was what? just like tiny and dirty and like scary and thailand's like 12 years old now you know like she needs to like as a teenager go to like a show at the Meow Meow. In like, in Portland <laughs> at like a, like a place that's a like kind of scary and the music's way too loud. And like, that's like, just like, why a, have you talked it's to such your a wife great, about this? It's such why a great, why does she need to do that? It's such a great experience. Like you need it. But I was saying, I've never seen so many like 30 going on 40, 
like <laughs> like scene kids. <laughs> like if you like the term scene kids, like oh, yeah. oh, I like remember. if you were in the scene, you knew. Uh, but just like lots of like dudes like my age and older, and uh, they're at you know a, a loud kind of like weird rock <laughs> show. And like they look like they're probably accountants, but they you can kind of see like a tattoo on their neck somewhere. <laughs> and, like, you know, and they got the earrings with the big all, old they plugs. All, they all have like plugs in their ears, like mine. And yeah, it's funny. Uh, but yeah, it was a funny experience. But to, yeah, to be like, oh, this is like I used to love this band, and it's twenty years old now. It's just kind of a funny experience. It happened to me with another band not too long ago, a couple of years ago. Uh, but yeah, no, it's fun. I I love live music. Like, it's just cool, and uh, I like going to places where, uh, like, no one in the congregation is asking you to turn it down. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it was yeah, like, my watch, my, my watch <laughs> alerted me that I've been, I had been in a dangerously loud environment for too long. Mm. Your DB levels yeah. were too high. That was so funny. Uh, but, no, it was cool. It was a fun show, and, and good uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, from high school, we didn't go to the same high school, but we attended the same youth group and church in high school. Uh, he bought the tickets and was like, you should come. That's uh, awesome. So it was fun to catch up like that too. Mm. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. We listened to this album. Here's, here's a weird connection. Cause we just had our informational meeting about, uh, missions trip. Oh, the <laughs> heater. Aaron's looking, looking it's around fine, it's the heat. The heater's blowing. If you hear a weird hiss. Um, but Nathan's got it. But uh, we listened to this album a ton when we were on the mission trip, house building Mexico mission trip. Uh huh. He would always bring cool music. He was like my, you know, he helped me find cool bands. <laughs> and uh, and we listened to this album a ton on the Mexico mission trip as we were like riding in the vans and flying and stuff, wow. you know. And so that's a trip to think about. And we just had our informational meeting for the high school kids to go mm. on that same. Mexico mission trip, <laughs> literally the same Mexico mission wow. trip. So it feels weird to be old. Yeah, but that nothing was before, changes and everything changes. That was before going existed, though, right? Or was it like it no. hadn't materialized as going? Uh, I mean, Emily didn't work for them, but going existed. Yeah. Oh, okay. like it, it was literally like the same like house building, vision clinics, VBSs, same like right. same trip. So through Gladstone, is that what it started as? Well, yeah, like. Before I was in high school, so before I started going on it, it was already Go Inc. Uh, but yeah, Emily's dad mm. was a youth pastor doing these mission trips. Then other youth groups wanted to join him on the mission trip. And eventually they were like dealing with so much money from so many places that uh, the, you know, the bookkeeper at their church was like, you need to like incorporate into your own nonprofit right, and right, have your right. own bank accounts, you know. It was the genesis of, of that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but but that happened before I was in high school even, you know. Oh. So it was still like the same going trip. They just didn't happen to have an employee. It was all volunteer board mm. members, volunteer run. Wild. Yeah, crazy. So 20 years. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. But you know uh, what? The bands I listen to, they still rock. Yeah. They still rock. <laughs> so that's cool. And a uh -huh. bunch of people listening right now are scoffing that you say you're old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can just hear them. I through know the radio waves. Yeah, well, <laughs> when they go down to the Hawthorne Theater and listen to the like 60 year anniversary of the band they listened to in high school. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so abundance though. We're in John six. The Lord provides. <laughs> the Lord Jesus provides. provides. <coughs> uh, yep. Yes. So that's where we're. John six one through fifteen. That's the feeding of the five thousand. If you're familiar with it, but it's specifically the one in John. You can find it other places in other gospels. Um, but there's some. Uh, slight details and emphases, 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 yeah. emphases that are uh, slightly different in John's as he's telling the story and as it fits into the narrative of what he's trying to teach us. Uh, so, Aaron, your main idea was as you follow Jesus, you can trust him to provide all that you need. And I know you were already saying earlier today you would have added abundantly. Yeah. <laughs> would you have just added a right on the end of the thing? Um, I don't know. Maybe I would have reworded the whole thing. I, yeah, I was <laughs> saying that when I was preaching the sermon in first service, all of a sudden it came into my mind, why do I not have this whole fact that Jesus provided abund or provides abundantly in my main point? Um, and I, so then at points I just added it in, uh, to the talk, but it wasn't actually in my notes, but it still didn't necessarily change the point overall that yeah. Jesus mm -hmm. provides. Yeah. It's just the gravy on top. He can provide abundantly um, yeah. beyond. And your setup to that main idea was that there's kind of two other well, like established points that we can see. Um, and that's that God often leads us into situations to test our faith in him and his word so that our faith and character can grow. And that God is always in control in those circumstances and will complete the work he begins in his people. And that was the kind of the big setup. Yeah. And we see those, which is... Uh, what I Yeah, go Do ahead. you guys know what I mean by like an axiomatic statement? Do you know what that means? Axioms are just like truth, proverbial kind of statements that are right. just, they exist and they're always <clears throat> true. They're always true, yeah. And, and uh, I guess in the Christian life, there are these axiomatic principles that we could obviously look at scripture and say, oh, this is where this principle is coming from. But I, I kind of meant those two statements to feel very axiomatic. Like we believe as followers of Christ that God's going to put our faith to the test. And we believe that he is always in control of those circumstances and those tests. And it's always for our good. This is <laughs> the, like, we just have to hold on to that mm -hmm. as an axiomatic truth mm -hmm. that we then base all of our, all of our uh, experiences off of and which is highlighted in the center of this text exactly right? that's not like you're just pulling that somewhere else it's from this text yes for sure yeah. but i'm like but there is a narrow thing that's happening yeah and it's the test is is god gonna provide mm. um again there's thousands of other tests that the lord like brings us into mm. and one of you guys were saying earlier it's uh, like none of these tests are really meant to like make us fail or no, you were saying it's not to necessarily, um, what, what, how did you say? The, the way I was saying was that God. God, it's God's not doing a test to figure out if oh, he's it, not trying to learn. Anything. Yeah. God yeah. is not learning anything from the test in the test. We are learning things about ourselves and we're learning things about God's character. Yeah. Yes. But yes. it's not like God is confused. Or Jesus was confused about what his disciples can and can't do and asked him so he could learn what his disciples were like. Right. He asked a question, as it says in there, knowing already what he was going to do, he asked the question right. so that 
it helps them to learn about themselves. Right. Helps them to learn about <laughs> him because right. they have a better context for what he's doing because they already struggled with the idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point because, yeah, like when you take a math test, your teacher is trying to learn is Cody proficient yeah. in this level mm -hmm. of algebra. And so they're learning as you demonstrate where you're at. But God already knows. He's not learning anything new. It is God revealing to you things about himself or things about yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which I think that was, a, that, anyway, that was a helpful Yeah, point. it's interesting because the way that we do education, generally speaking, is not like this. Like tests in our frame of <coughs> reference is like an assessment. We're trying to see where we are. Yeah. And then it's not it's not necessarily like an educational tool. It's more like it's more like trying to see where you are. I guess in that sense maybe it is. But sometimes it seems like that's what a test is, but sometimes the test is like did you earn this grade? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like cuz like uh, in some sense I you could prove there's other ways to prove you under you understand things besides a test. But a test kind of has a like value that you need to earn your way to the next thing mm -hmm. or earn your way to a certain grade or earn your way to sh get into college because you outperformed other people. Right. So there are, there's like the test that, that's like an assessment test, but there's also kind of a test that's like you're earning something that benefits you by passing the test too. Uh, and neither one applies to what <coughs> Jesus is doing to his disciples. Yeah. He's not deciding what he'll give them based on how well they perform. In in the uh, we you guys have all sort of handled it, but this book, dig deeper, the seventeen tools for interpretation, and this the authors give basically helps on how to rightly understand a passage, and so he goes over like context and structure and all these things. But one of the tools that he mentions is narrator comment tool, and so when you're trying to figure out an emphasis of what is this story is about it, it is about you may this might be a helpful tool in figuring out what the emphasis of the passage is because if you were to read this story you would think this this is a whole story about how Jesus provides which it is but why is he telling the story it's because the and John sort of gives that in his narration in verse 6 he did all these things to test his disciples Oh, now all of a sudden this story it, it takes on another layer where it's not just about this. Jesus is doing something in this action beyond just feeding a bunch of people miraculously. He's trying to test his disciples' faith. And so I think that's kind of what led to my emphasis a little bit more. I think I even said it in my sermon. A lot of people misread the story and thinking, you know, this is a story that gives credit for why all Christians should just devote themselves to meeting people's physical needs hmm. and social work and these kinds of things, which is not a bad thing to focus on, but it misses the point because hmm. you're, you're missing the emphasis <coughs> of the passage and what John brings out in verse six. So anyway, just a little like key there <coughs> to the listener on one of, <coughs> one of the things that shaped my like reading of it was this narrator comment tool that sort of shows itself in verse six. Um, but it, it, it was interesting thinking about how the Lord tests his people. And I was talking to you guys about this earlier. I was watching a uh, Bible project video where he was talking about uh, Tim Mackey and those guys from the Bible project, why, why God tests his people. And he does basically a biblical theology of, <coughs> of tests 
And I, I guess I hadn't really thought about it in that way before, but like from the beginning, God put Adam to the test. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, right away in the first interaction of, of God with man is like a test. And then all, basically the whole storyline with God's people is him testing Abraham, testing Jacob, uh, testing all, all the leaders of Israel, testing Israel in general, and then testing the disciples. I'm like, and I just saw that sort of like biblical theme a little bit more. I was, as I was watching this video and thinking about it even broadly, more broadly, but then how Jesus, that was one of the things in his life that he did was he walked in such a way to pass all the tests mm-hmm. that we all failed but then ultimately laid his life down, um, which was the ultimate test, right? As he prayed in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, actually, it was funny. I thought they, they intentionally misquoted the passage. He says, Jesus says, if at all possible, let this cup pass from me. But the, the guys, Tim Mackey or whoever was doing it from the Bible Project said, uh, let this test pass from me. Mm. I'm like, I don't know if I would say something like that. But I mean, in one sense, that's kind of what was going on is, okay, I've passed all these tests. This one, I don't know about this. This is a I mean, laying my life down, uh, absorbing the wrath of God upon myself or sin. Uh, but anyway, it was just interesting thinking about that um, hmm. in, in the storyline of Scripture, how God puts people to the test. I mean, this is like literally the whole book of Job. Um, and anyway, it was just something to think about. Scratch my head on Very for a little cool. bit. <clears throat> so how have you seen God test you in your life or Whoa. in the lives of others? And what did you learn from those tests? Oh my gosh. I don't have time for it. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have a 10 hour podcast ahead of us boys. <laughs> um, we don't have time for this. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah, we could maybe give some examples, but you're right. There's probably a million ways that we know of and a billion ways we yeah. don't know of, you know, like specifically the way God works in our lives. And then we look back and say, Oh, I realized what God was doing and how mm. in by his grace, you know, we came through it or yeah. whatnot. On on the subject of provision, mm-hmm. if I could just give a couple examples, like when I was a new Christian, I think like I, I even said it in my sermon, when you're when you're coming to Christ, you're wondering, will God provide for me? When you come to Christ, you're like, Oh, I know he can, but will he? Mm-hmm. And I remember I struggled with like giving, like being generous, uh, giving to my church, right? Like doing the normal thing of tithes and offerings kind of a thing. And as an act of worship, I struggled with that because I was broke. I mean, I just had nothing. Mm-hmm. And I thought there's like, I, I cannot afford to give. And I remembered when I, I had like this epiphany moment when I realized that it had become an idol where I was trusting that extra 10% more than I was trusting God. Mm. And when I realized it was an idol, I was like, I just wanted to get rid of that idol as quickly as possible. So I just immediately committed to like giving. And I really, and then after a while I was like, nothing changed. My Mm. lifestyle didn't change. Like nothing was affected in, in that sense. And I, it was just kind of an interesting thing how God provided in that and sort of taught me a lesson to, that I can trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to school, when I signed up to go to a 
expensive private Christian university <clears throat> that uh, <laughs> Nathan knows all too well the pains <clears throat> of financially. Uh, my wife was like, how are we going to afford this? And I was like, Michelle, I think that God wants me to do this. I think he wants me to dig the well deeper academically. And if if that's what he wants me to do, he'll provide. And I got myself in $45,000 of debt. And when right when I graduated, we got hired to come up here uh, to Canby and I sold my house. And over those years that I was going to school, my house value appreciated. And I was able to sell my house, put money down on a new house, pay off all of my student debt wow. and buy a car, my truck <laughs> with cash. California real estate. California real estate. <clears throat> Crazy. Yeah. And, and that was at a time when it was like peak. It was kind of a, a seller's market, right? Oh, it was wonderfully a seller's yeah. market. It was a buyer's market when I bought too. But I'm, but I'm too stupid. <laughs> financially to like say, oh, well, I just know how to work the market. Oh, totally. I, yeah. I just was like, I just lucked out. I mean, I say lucked out, but providential. Like he provided, you know? And I mean, I think that, that was a big moment for me when I think I realized like God will provide. Mm. Um, and I, I had uh, someone early on here at Canby Christian sort of like in one sense threatened me with uh, finances, which was almost, it was kind of one of those scenes where you're like, Hey Aaron, if you don't do what, what we want you to do, then all of us who have all the money and basically pay the top, you know, amount of your budget, we will all leave was kind of the threat. Mm -hmm. And it was just interesting, like that this person thought that I would be swayed by that. Because, but I had all these experiences already where I saw God provide. Yeah. And, and it was just funny how like, you think you're like, you're a big wig because you offer a little bit of money in the year. Like you're nothing. Like I know the God who owns everything <laughs> like I do. And, and what, like the moment you leave God, that's just an opportunity for God to meet the need. Mm. And so I, you know, it's just, I literally didn't like move or react at all by this person's threat. Mm -hmm. And, and it sort of uh, makes me sad that some people are uh, yeah. threatened by those kinds of things because they just forget that God will provide. Yeah. And I think that's the lesson that he's teaching the disciples here. Oh, totally. That passage. you, those are tests to put it into the context of the, the, what we're going through now, those, uh, uh, experiences that you went through, the the concern of Michelle, which is a legitimate one, how are we going to mm -hmm. pay for this, is a test that you in faith, you know, walked through and learned God will provide. And I think we can all probably, yeah, I think that's a great example of how <clears throat> we see that when I moved up here, I've told the story before, but we were anticipating Mallory not working and yeah. living very meagerly, you know, and uh, by God's grace, she ended up not only retaining her job, but getting a raise and yep. getting even a better job, which we had never planned on. And we would have moved up either way. Yeah. Like we would have mm. come and, you know, taken this position and served this church and made it work with very little means or uh, her getting a raise. And now God was just very kind to us and yep. providing to us. And we were able to then get out of debt. And now we own a home for the first time in our lives. Like these are only because God was not only providing, but providing abundantly. Yep. 
um, for the faith that we were showing. And and that's not because we did anything great. It's just because he said, here's an opportunity. And mm. we, we took, we took, you know, yeah. took him at his word that he would do that. That was, that's one thing in my recent life. Which um, is not like, uh, that's a great story, Rob, because a, I appreciated that you were going to come and even come at like personal sacrifice. And that means a lot. Um, but it was also cool because it, it's not like you heard God's voice mm. say, go to Oregon, Yeah, but it was like something that we had talked about before. It was something that, um, was on your heart, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. and it was a good opportunity and it was sort of matching both your gifts and the needs of a church. And it just seemed like a lot of things were lining up. Yeah. And then, but yet you were willing to say, Hey God, I'm, I'm ready to go. And then God's like, cool, I'm going to provide for you. Mm-hmm. And it would do, it was just, I, I don't know. I think about that story as a great example yeah. of how God works in that way. And he know? didn't have to provide so abundantly in no. that time. And it's not like we're wealthy by any means, but we're, we're very comfortable right now by God's grace, you know, and, and it could always change, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we'll always have what we need yeah. Yeah. to do the mission. Um, right now we have, we have even above that and we're grateful for that. You know, that's just where we are right now. Yeah. And it's well, and, awesome. that, and that's what Paul says, right? I've learned to be content in all things with much mm-hmm. or with little. Yeah. And you go through these circumstances in life and God, but I think God, when you're young, teaches you, especially young in ministry to operate off little. Yeah. And I, I think that's what this passage is is doing for the disciples. That's why it was a test to them about ministry, both presently and for their future, that they're going to minister to people who all they bring to the table is their great need. And you have to try and, and, and what God has called you to do is advocate on their behalf to him for their great need. Hmm. You, can, you don't have the resources to offer it to them. You don't have the wisdom. You don't have the riches. You don't have whatever. You're there to be an advocate to them and to him, and he can meet meet the need. And I, I think that's a great lesson for uh, – now, at the same time, like, people do offer <coughs> us a lot, right? They – friendship, I mean, mm-hmm. partnership, I mean, all these sort of things. But you're going to hit situations where it's like, not all people have to offer you is their deep need. And – and you shouldn't be upset by that. Hmm. That should be an opportunity to see God glorified. Hmm. Um, I don't know. That, that I, was how I was encouraged in the passage, I think. I think one thing, not that, you know, those are, are great examples of like tests, but um, but those are like tests you kind of passed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, We're right. here in this story, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess we can discuss that. We haven't established uh, but I, I think from context, it seems like Philip kind of does not pass. This yeah, test. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think that's kind of a cool thing that I find encouragement too, is that like Jesus, uh, <laughs> could put me in a situation even knowing I'm going to get it wrong, Yeah, but he's going to use it to teach me something to grow me. Like there, mm. like there's a, a, an aspect of being Jesus' disciple is like messing some stuff up and Jesus is still there and Jesus is still providing and uh, and you and you learn something from it. But I don't know. What do you guys think? That was kind of our next discussion question was uh, what's the lesson Jesus is trying to teach Philip 
do do we all agree he fails the test? Do we think he passed the test in some way? What's the lesson he learned? I don't know that it's a strict pass fail yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. It's more like, did he learn the lesson? Yeah, and if he learned the he lesson, he kind of failed the faith test. Where you know what? You, what does he ask him? Because that's kind of the crux of it. He Where can him. we buy bread for these people? And I guess, I guess maybe if you want to say the the right thing to do to pass would be like, Lord, you can provide all or something. I think that's <laughs> the yeah. I think that's the kind of the interesting thought experiment. If this is the wrong answer, what would have been the right answer? Yeah, and, but even, and maybe it's that like. Yeah, just saying, I, why are you even asking me about where to buy bread? <laughs> yeah. There's better things we can offer these people than bread. You but know, even so, he know. learns the lesson, I think. Although we, we're not given, given any narration by John that, oh, and, and thus Philip grew his faith or something. We don't have anything like that. Yeah, it's more <laughs> about the lesson Jesus is teaching and less about the disciples' reaction to the lesson. Right. Yeah. The story, anyways. I mean, if it's almost like if we're thinking about testing and seeing this and just thinking about our own lives, almost every single circumstance that God gives us can be seen as some kind mm-hmm. of test. And if it's the same lesson as this one, then every circumstance that comes up in my life and your life, the same question will always be the set or asked, like, am I going to Jesus to provide for myself here mm-hmm. in this moment with this thing? Mm-hmm. And if you're like me, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes. I, I was reflecting on that too. I think like in my life, when it, I have an easier time trusting Jesus in like my need and my difficult circumstances, mm-hmm. I like, I, yeah, I don't know what it is about my relationship with God, but when, when I'm, there's something really stressful, really messed up, I can't figure out how to fix it. That's when I feel like the most trust, like, oh, God will provide yeah. for this one. Mm-hmm. And when things are going really well is when I'm like, oh, I don't know, like, is God doing anything here? Like, is, <laughs> it, is this like this? Maybe this would happen for anyone who, you know, made this choice and this choice and this choice. Like, is God doing this? Like when the most doubt, the most like questioning comes in times that are really like going somewhat smooth to almost like a boring amount of smooth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and so a bigger test for me anyways is like, do you still trust me when everything's cool? Yeah. And totally. for yeah. some people's personalities, when everything's cool is when you're like, man, I freaking love God. And then their <laughs> bigger test is when they have a need and they're like, where's God? Why am I feeling this discomfort? You know? Yeah. So I think it kind of just depends on, Maybe some of that's just personality or, mm. yeah, I don't know, or just the stage you're at in your faith. Uh, yeah, like the lessons that you've learned, you know, yeah. <clears throat> the tests that you've, uh, that God has put you through and, and the lessons you've learned throughout those tests. So yeah. every person is at a different place in mm-hmm. that regard. But I think you're right. Every circumstance that's before us is ordained by God and those things that happen, we're, we're always going to ask the question, like, what is the most the the right way to respond as a child of God is it this or that, and and I think regardless of the choice we make, we learn something if we're mindful of what's happening. You know, like if we decide uh, that we have this need, and instead of calling out to God for help, we sort of try to figure it out on our own. Yeah, we learn we are inadequate and basically worthless, and in the end, God still takes care of it. Uh, you know what I mean? Or if we just like plead for for the favor mm-hmm. of the Lord, and then all of a sudden. 
he does something that's that's beyond what we could have imagined. And then we learn another lesson that's just as valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'd say this is even true for questions where there's like maybe not a right or wrong answer. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever felt this way, but it's like, I know I have these two options and I just start freaking out because I don't know <laughs> which one's supposedly the better option. And in that moment, I'm like, I need to choose the best option. Like, it's all on me and blah, blah, blah. Even in that moment, it's like, wait, well, if God's the one who provides both of these aren't bad. Like, mm. I need to trust him in whichever one I choose. Yeah. Mm. And it's not like even in those kind of situations, it's like, am I trusting him no yeah. matter what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Trusting him like Andrew, who passes the test, has a <laughs> bunch seems. of faith. Yeah. <laughs> he, or, he's full of faith. Or Andrew. do you or do you agree with that, everyone? Does <laughs> no is one, Andrew <laughs> no one is saying is Rob Andrew is. the example of the faith? Or no, what, do we, a, what do we see in Andrew? Andrew says, I, I found a kid. Like he, Andrew walks up to a kid and says, give me your lunch money. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, just takes the, takes the lunch from the kid and walks over and gives it to Jesus. Here's five <laughs> loaves and two fish. Picture of faith. Well, Andrew, but he questions his own thing. Like, what good are these for so many people? But here's what I have. Is Andrew the better example here? Or what are we thinking about? Well, him? you know, those like when, like when the teacher asks a question in class one person throws out an answer and it's just absurdly wrong. But mm-hmm. then one person, because they they just know that answer was probably wrong, they think they have like a, a, an answer, but they're timid about the answer. Right. Uh-huh. Like, I, I got an I, but you know, I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, that was me. I mean, they, take it or leave it. Yeah. T- yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just throwing this idea. out there. I'm just throwing <laughs> this one out there. But I'm not saying this is the right answer. I'm just, you know, but they're going off of something. And then it ends up being like either more right than the other one or totally right. And Mm. uh, it just, yeah, it seems like at least John, as he's recording this story, and obviously I think that Andrew actually said this, but John, in the way he's recording Andrew's response, seems to give hint that Andrew at least is thinking in the right category mm-hmm. where Philip, and this is where I think we struggle in our tests is we look to what is right in front of us as a possible answer or solution. And sometimes that's true, but like, like Philip w- was just looking at like, there are no marketplaces. What are you talking about? <laughs> there's, there's nobody that can meet this need. There's no way this can happen. You know? And, but then it's like, well, then if that's the answer, then we need to think in another category. And that's where Andrew seems to go. He yeah. seems to go to like the God category. Well, right. how, how has, have we ever been in a situation like this before where we have had a massive need? God's people have had a massive need and that need has been met. Oh man, there's, there's, a, and then he sees these barley, this barley bread and he's like, I remember a story. So, I, I think it was in our small group. Somebody threw out like, maybe he's almost like, uh, maybe he's almost like goading Jesus on. Like, <laughs> like he actually did have in mind like that, that miracle. So he's putting and Jesus he's like, to the test. He's like, Jesus, <laughs> that is awesome. you know, almost like sarcastic. Like I yeah. found, the student has become I've, the master. I found these five loaves. There, the there's probably nothing you could do with it though. Right. <laughs> right. Wink, wink. Uh, you know, I wonder <clears throat> but what good are these? Probably no good. Right. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <Wink>. So it's <laughs> like a sarcastic. And Jesus goes, have him sit down. <laughs> Roll the sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that you bring it up, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let's see what we can do with this. It is kind of a, yeah. It, uh, maybe this is inappropriate, but it's kind of a hold my beer moment. Totally. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> have everyone sit down, okay? Yep. <laughs> Just let it be on record. Cody thinks yeah. Jesus hold my beer. That Dude's no. like hold hold this uh hold this ritual jar of wine. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do something with these fish. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it totally was. Watch what I can do right now. Yeah. Um But it is, yeah. I mean, you could take all these sentences and read them different ways. Mm-hmm. Cause in that sense, you could uh you could say Philip was doing the same thing. Yeah. It would take seven months of wages, Jesus. What are you eight, gonna eight. do? By the way, I did the number, and it, that eight months of wages average in Oregon is $27,000, 200 mm. Like, if you extrapolate eight months of wages, mm. which is just, just to put the it in average, perspective yeah. for us, that's what it would cost to feed these thousands of people. And they wouldn't even get a little, is what he said. Yeah, that's right. I did the math. That is so, it's so crazy. But anyways, yes, I, I think you make a great point when you say categorically they're thinking differently. Philip is thinking, how can we physically, worldly meet our need? And it's impossible to him. But it seems like you're right. Andrew's sort of saying, this is impossible, but God's done something like this before. Maybe maybe you could do it, Jesus. Is is he doing it sort of (laughs) half-hearted? Or is he doing it sort of sarcastically and kind of like you're saying, we don't really know, but we know that he's he's thinking about it differently. Yeah. He at least I, yeah. said something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think his category is right. I just think he's demonstrating that he is still not yet confident enough in who Jesus is and his ability. Mm. Because it, 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 what does he say? I mean, there's a lot of people here, though. What is this for, for so many? many? Yeah. I mean— in one sense, when you think 20 barley loaves and 100 men, you could almost go, well, how big were these barley loaves? You know, I mean, 100 men's a lot, but it's not like, yeah, it's not 5,000. Right. <laughs> That's I mean, what I was saying. I was trying to find you it You could this rationalize week. it is what I'm saying. I was yeah. trying to find it this week. Like, is this a normal lunch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this kid had like a lunch Because we don't know, we don't know yeah, their five. loves, you know. It's like, this dude's eating five loaves of bread and like two king salmon. <laughs> They're like, what's the, what's the kid eating, you know? <laughs> or is it a little tiny tunas? <laughs> I think, yeah. The thing I saw is probably they're probably like small, like dried fish kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. But I think this is where uh, when we go through testing and we go when we go through things where I was talking about that gospel shaped thinking comes in when there's going to be moments when you have to move from the lesser to the greater or from the greater to the lesser. And that like that's what Andrew is doing is he's looking backwards to a story, which was a great story. We don't want to diminish what Elisha did um, and say, oh man, but I mean, can Jesus do something greater? And the answer is yes, because he is greater by Mm -hmm. far. And he's going to do something greater in the future when he gives his life Mm -hmm. uh, as a ransom sacrifice. And obviously just later in the passage when he talks about I'm the bread of life and all those things. Um, but I think for us as as Christians, when we are put to the test in any category, but especially in this category, when we think through, we have to look back on our own past, but then look back on just how God has worked in the lives of his people for centuries and go, well, if he did it then, we have faith that he can still do it now. Hmm. Um, we just have to obviously be be thinking hard about, are we putting God to the test? Like I think about some like some churches, for example, who build these like mega structures 
and they get themselves in all of this debt. God is calling us to this. God is calling us to this. And it's it's hard to like say no to that. Like, hmm. I mean, this leader is saying it and they get in $50 million of debt and they have this massive structure. And then all of a sudden they have like one little ruse and the whole thing goes down and now they've got 50000 in debt that like 200 people have to carry for the next like 25 years. And you think, well, did, is that, was that a God thing or were mm. you putting God to the test and making something to happen because you wanted that to happen? Mm. And so it is kind of important to think through that kind of stuff. Like, and I think a multitude of counselors, mm-hmm. there's wisdom. I think this is also where you have to, why membership it matters and not just like leaning on like one CEO pastor who's making all the decisions, mm-hmm. but like actually the congregation has like buy-in on it, buy-in on it, and everybody's like aware of what's going on and what the vision of the church is and stuff like that. Um, but it's important that we're actually like God wants to do the thing. Right. And we're not trying to force something to happen that he's not necessarily behind. Because then it is on us to figure it out. Um, but I think it's a good instinct what Andrew does here to look back to the past and see how God has done it uh, before. And then when all, when that fails, we can always look back to the cross and think, well, he's, <laughs> which is what Paul does in Romans eight, right? He's met my greatest need. Mm. Why would he not also meet my daily needs? I mean, is anything too difficult for the Lord is kind of the question, the rhetorical question. Absolutely right. not. And, yeah. and he can do it. If when, when it's his will, his ways, his timing, he can make that happen. That's right. And what do they do? Be king. We want you as king. Give us give us free food every day. Uh-huh. Rule our nation. But you said they literally they like we're gonna grab him to enslave him as their king. Well, that's like the Greek <clears throat> the Greek word is uh Nathan knows us more because he's like uh, a Greek, Greek I used nerd. to be. I know me I didn't too. keep up with he's it. He's the resident MDiv. Uh, yeah. It is true. <laughs> he's the most educated among us. Well, we probably had to do youngest. the same amount of Greek. I just Forgot it quicker than you probably. Did. I took extra Greek. <laughs> did you? How many semesters did you do? Well, I was forced to do. Well, <laughs> forced. forced to do three, and then I did three more. Oh my goodness! goodness. Wow, that's yeah. like a doctorate. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I should have kept up with. That's it. a doctorate yeah, exactly. degree. I mean, I'll still remember here and there, but if I go back, I'm sure I can. Pick can you up read the New Testament? In I used Greek. to be able to quite a few passages. Yeah, yeah. but not. There was you, always vocab that I have to like. I'd have to have like a reader's help with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use it or lose it. Anyways, we're losing track. But at the end of the story, <laughs> but the Greek word, yeah, that is used there, is one that is often used in the negative, like to take someone captive. Like mm. uh, Jesus tells Kidnapped. that story about like binding the strong man. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's like that's the same word. And so they're like, this is they're literally going to capture him. And force him into doing something mm. uh, in in the sense against his will. That was kind of the yeah. That's the connotation of that. So that's phrase. pretty negative. It's just such a, it's such a strange thing. Like what king operates that way? You want a king, but you want a king who you force to do whatever you want. Like it's like a weird thing. It is weird. like the only thing I can think of is like when you see like the old like movie trope of like people who find themselves in like a tribe, an isolated tribe and they think they're oh, a God yeah. for some reason. And they like take them and force them to be their God, you know, like right, that's right. the only thing like I can think Star of Wars. similar. Yeah. Where it's like, you're like worshiped and adored, but you're also like captive and not free. Like, right. but that's not 
I mean, to be that's fa- not what the Israelites would be doing. Like they understand how kings work. To be fair, though, I mean, they had all these prophecies, and they had all these things like the prophet to come, doing signs and wonders. <clears throat> He's the Messiah. He will be king. And, right. Oh, this must be him. So it's almost similar to that analogy that you're using. Like, A little let's bit, make yeah. him our king. Yeah. Right. Well, even this Sunday, you're going to get into that a text that's all about you know the Messiah coming as the king in mm-hmm. Jeremiah. But so what was wrong about this other than the fact that they're going to take him by force? Um, what was, because obviously they're saying like, this is the kind of king we need and want. Why? Yeah. I mean, the, why, I mean, why are they, why are they saying it's the king they he's want? He's providing their needs. Yeah. yeah. It's selfish. Bread. He heals. He gives us bread. Well, Let's I mean, it's, king. yeah, it's similar to like, you know, the Saul situation, King Saul, right? He had all the look, he had the mm. thing that they were they wanted to look like all the other nations. And so they raised up a king that would basically accomplish that. Um, The next king obviously would be David, who's a man after God's own heart. And the, the kingdom by which Jesus was here to establish was not going to be a localized um, governmental system that would oppose Rome or whatever. This was going to be far bigger than some political exactly uh, yeah. situation, and these were likely zealot kind of people, um, and and so they they were they were thinking big, mm-hmm. but not big enough. Mm. Yeah, and Jesus was thinking big, and I think it's interesting if we look at Jesus in his humanity in this moment. He had to run away, and I don't think that was maybe just for him for them but maybe even for himself so that he's not tempted to settle for this thing, but Mm. to move on talking about tests, right. To move on and actually be like, no, this is not, I'm not going to settle for this thing, this good thing, potentially being a King in Israel, but I'm going to, I'm going to move on because I'm, I'm actually the the King of everything. And so, but in order to get there, I got to keep on the path that I'm on. Mm. And so I think that's kind of an interesting, he withdrew again, you know, um, and I yeah. think in a lot of ways, the crowd just, you know, well, we already said debate or not, whether they failed or what, it, it's not really a pass fail kind of situation, but debate, if the crowd <coughs> fails the same test, the disciples fail. Um, they, they are making it about the bread, about the immediate need, about the physical need. Um, and that's their motivation for this King. What we find out later, which we'll, we'll pause and move on because we'll get there. What we find out later, though, is that the disciples were open to learning from the test. Mm. The crowd did not want to learn anything from the test because Jesus makes it a little more harsh with them and they all take off. Uh, So the while the disciple, but it's the same kind of test that they're both going under. Like, what do you do with this physical need? And the crowd says, let's start a revolution and have our own little kingdom in this little part of the world. And uh, and Jesus is thinking much, much bigger. Yeah. I mean, even if they were thinking this king's going to rule the world, it's still not big enough. Yeah. Good point. Because it's more than just the physical world. It's yeah, that's right. Mm. The spiritual as well. And that's, as Aaron, you said, just like, that's what Jesus was going right. for. That's the more important thing. Right. Well, and, and I mean, the same even in today's, right? Like when we elect a president, mm. oftentimes we're electing a president because of of the rhetoric that they are communicating about a particular need at that time. Uh, In 2020, it was, we need somebody who will help us kill COVID. 
Mm. That that was the narrative, and it would they the problem was created, and the and the solution was created by the same group of people. Interestingly, here <laughs> now in the next the next one we know, in the next one we know it's going to be the economy. The economy's in the trash, and so what I'm what I'm trying to say is, leaders get to those positions because of the felt need of the moment. Mm. The felt need of the moment for these people was, dude, this guy gives us food and Rome sucks. Yeah. Jesus can probably meet both of these needs. And he just basically proved that he can. But what he's trying to say is, and this is the lesser to the greater, you actually have greater needs. And I'm going to meet those deeper needs. Mm-hmm. And and that's where oftentimes we're not good at assessing or diagnosing ourselves yeah. or our needs. Uh, we think that this is the problem when really it's something deeper or other. And the cool thing is, is that Jesus can meet even those things. Um, and he'll bring that stuff to the surface. And it makes me want to ask the question, like, what am <laughs> I trying to get from Jesus? Mm. Like, Sure, I'm a Christian. I love him. I want to serve him and worship him, but I'm not perfect. What are the ways that I try to make Jesus king um, instead of the ways that he became it and will come back as? Sure. And I want it all. Or, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want pleasure and joy all the time. And it's like, well. I want it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want all that he promised. <laughs> yeah. That's for self-reflection. Maybe we should move to the next segment. Yeah. Volunteer of the week. The volunteer of the week this week is Josh Hunsaker. <laughs> or Hunsaker. That's how I say at, uh, at the chamber meetings. Yeah. Hunsaker. Um, but yeah, we were we were thinking like, what's another, what's an unsung uh, ministry position? And and Josh does one of those. He he uh, he does the slides on Sundays often, and uh, and it's just like a good person to have back there. He notices, you know, we're in Christmas music time, and like these lyrics aren't quite what <laughs> what you just sang, and there's all these different versions, and so having someone back there on the slides just checking and saying, is this correct? And is this the right order? And it makes it so much nicer for everyone to sing. And no one even notices that someone's back there until mm. the wrong lyrics go up. And then they all turn and glare at the person in the back right. when the wrong lyrics go up. Uh, so it's yep. uh, it, because uh, because he does a good job at it, he goes unnoticed doing it. And, and, <laughs> and, and so we want to thank him and yeah. uh, and appreciate him. And Christmas songs are weird sometimes. They have a, like a lot of strange verses that some some modern like versions don't use. Exactly. Like that. So yeah. yeah. So if you see Josh around, thank him for what he does. Tell him you appreciate him. Congratulate him being the volunteer of the week. It's time for Bible Trivia right now. For Bible Trivia this week, we have two different categories we can uh, we can ask questions Uh-oh. from. Yeah, what? And it will only be uh, me, Nathan, but, and Cody. But which one does God want us to choose? <laughs> that is a good a question. Test. So, well, <laughs> there's two. There's whom did God ask? Because obviously this te- this passage jesus asks the question as a test we find out so that's that goes over people and asks questions about who those people are the other seg section that i was thinking about doing is 
Things in baskets because obviously after Moses. they dist- oh I know they distributed <laughs> the food they have twelve baskets of food left over this uh, this boy offered his lunch I guess in a basket I don't know I feel like um, baskets are kind of fun things like in baskets. baskets yeah things in baskets things in baskets this you is think gonna, I was gonna it's gonna be one? it's gonna be weird and wild because like this is such random stuff um, what can <laughs> Moses. <laughs> Pharaoh. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. What king received 70 human heads in a basket? Oh my god. 70 human heads. Oh man. Xerxes? I don't know. No. Is there wait, options? Wait. There's not options. Dang. Maybe it, we'll, it, I'll look at it and I'll give you If uh, it was foreskins, I'd know the answer. Ahab? Heads, I don't know. Ahab? I don't know. He was just a wicked king. Well, his wife was kind of um, uh, You're sort of in the right. It's not Ahab. It is uh, a, an evil, I guess, a, a sinful king. You find out this in 2 Kings chapter Isn't that where 10. almost all the kings are? I know. <laughs> Solomon <laughs> like, oh, is the first one? Help me. Uh, 2 Kings, this is chapter 10. It's an Israelite king? Or a Jewish? So. Or, uh, not Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Or a Judah. Judean king, yeah. I don't remember exactly if he's northern or southern oh, kingdom. How no. dare you? Oh, man, I'm bad ones. It is Jehu. I don't remember. never guess. <laughs> I would have not. I just read it like a couple weeks ago, too. And I, wouldn't. Yeah, that's I hard. would not have gotten it. It's such a cool name, though. It is. It is kind of a cool name. What apostle owed his life to a basket? What apostle? Wasn't it Paul? Because he got let down in a basket. Oh, out of the city. Oh yeah. I think that's a good guess. Definitely. I think that's the right that's one. That's what it is. He, he was. It is Paul. Acts nine. He yeah. escaped the city. There we in go. A let down in a basket. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, How big was that basket? Big it's enough. Big old, big old <laughs> basket, dude. What ill-fated servant had a dream of three bread baskets? An ill-fated servant? It's Joseph, or it's Joseph interprets the dream, which we messed up before, of the, of of the, the baker. baker. Yes. I the Pharaoh's baker. baker had it because he was going to get his head chopped off. Yeah, we did mess that up. I it was is. like, you're going to be reinstated, but you're going to be head chopped off. It's like, wow, those are extreme. Pharaoh's baker. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're killing it. <laughs> hey, the last one. We know we're going to get this one right. How many basketfuls <laughs> of food were collected after feeding the 5,000? Oh. Oh, 12. Yeah. 12 baskets. A baker's dozen. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, regular dozen. <laughs> 12 baskets, uh, because why? The 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles. Whatever. It's very yeah. significant. The number 12 is always representative of the people of God. In yeah. Revelation, you got 144,000, sure. which is 12 times 12, and such and such. That's true. But I, yeah, it's just a number. But you, you it has each significance. Each disciple picked up a basket. Yeah, there's 12 guys. They, they all picked up them. one basket because they couldn't pick up two because they're so full. So that's they're as big baskets. as but the But it does kind of imply that they pick up 12 basketfuls. Like, so 12 guys could pick up 12 basketfuls and then there's still some more food and they grab another basket and pick up more food. You know what, what I mean? is happening? You know what I mean? But it makes it seem like exactly 12 basketfuls. Yeah, like up. it was intentional. Not like they picked up 12 and then left the other, the food that yeah. didn't fit in the 12 baskets yeah, to rot saying. on the ground. Yeah, they, they would have. They <laughs> probably would have made They'd it go out. get a 13th basket and somebody would fill two baskets. You know? Yeah. But they filled 12. 12 baskets. That was it. That was feeding the 5,000. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. stuff in baskets. Yeah. Go buy some stuff and put it in baskets for Christmas. Yeah, for give somebody all. a gift basket. <laughs> <laughs> cash basket. Basket full of cash. <laughs>
That sounds you good. You can give that to me. A basket full of other gift baskets. <laughs> Basketception. Thank you for listening to the Canby Christian Church podcast. For more information on the church and its ministries, visit www.canbychristian.org.